It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. JT, back with you. We're back for hour number two. Our new partner, Bell Solar, will join us at the bottom of the hour. We want to thank them for their partnership and the journey to solar with Bell Solar here in Vegas, a new proud partner of our show. We're also waiting on Chris Holtman, who's going to join us. He's the head coach of the Ohio State men's basketball. If you're new to town, I do a lot of work with Coaches versus Cancer, and we got a lot of coaches coming up on the show uh, from my national show on Sirius XM and this show, we had Lon Kruger on the other day. I interviewed Dana Altman, who will probably play at some point, Fran McCaffrey, and now Chris Holtman. We're getting top 10, top 15 coaches on because they all work with us with Coaches versus Cancer as we try to raise awareness for the American Cancer Society and try to stop cancer. That's a big part of my life and something I'm very proud to be associated with. So we'll talk to Chris coming up here in a little bit. On about 20 minutes, Dan Shanka will join us from Our Lads. Every year I get a big publication called Our Lads Draft Guide. It is the most detailed football, the most detailed football publication I've ever read. It goes player by player, position by position. So I reached out to Dan the other day and I said, hey, there's a lot happening here with the Raiders. Can we get you on? Just to talk about position players, what they might do in the draft. He said, absolutely. He's going to join us in 20 minutes. We'll do a deep dive on the Raiders and the draft and maybe what they can do via free agent. Dan's one of the sharpest guys I know. We'll talk to him. Also, a lot of news today. Dak Prescott had his press conference. Uh, Jerry Jones had it at the Star in Dallas. The Star, when you think of the Star, as you know, Jerry Jones' team plays at the stadium, AT&T Stadium, and then they have one of the best practice facilities global headquarters in the world the Raiders went right after the Cowboys and built something similar so when I saw Dak today in this press uh, press conference where people were socially distanced and they had chairs spread out six feet I'm just envisioning what's going to happen in Henderson when the Raiders are signing free agents and big players and they're going to have their press conferences there it was good to see a lot of players are getting cut in the NFL as of the last two days and more and more are happening today We are putting together a list, and we'll go through it tomorrow more and more on some of the players who could be available as teams now are just trying to figure out what they're going to do. Christian McCaffrey's contract has been completely restructured in Carolina so they could have more money under the cap. Uh, The Saints releasing Emmanuel Sanders and good players. I think the Raiders are going to get a defensive player from the New Orleans Saints. I think they're targeting one in particular. And as these teams are trying to figure out what they're going to do, uh, the Raiders' board changes now. Players are available that were cut from other teams, and the Raiders are going to have to quickly have an offer in place and see if they can convince those free agents through their agents to take a look at Las Vegas. So that's going to be big. Ohio State has one of the best basketball teams in America. Their head coach, Chris Holtman, kind enough to join us. Coach, congratulations on a great season as you head into the conference tournament. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for – I appreciate that. It's great to be on with you. 
this was an unbelievable season. I mean, the Big Ten and the conference play, you had Mondays through Saturdays where you had three games against teams in the top ten. What was it like navigating through one of the toughest schedules in all of basketball? I tell you, it was it was unlike anything I, I, I've experienced. I think our coaches would say the same thing when you're when you're playing of that gauntlet. It just so happened the calendar fell uh, with with those games. And you know, in a normal season, those games they, they were all at home. Three of them were at home. Uh, we had mm-hmm. our fourth one was at Michigan State, um, who had been you know started to play better. It just was you know in a normal season when you get your home fans. I think you got, obviously. You know, you, you, you would have hoped to, to have uh, a better performance. We, we played well in stretches. We just weren't able quite to get it done to give those teams credit. Coach, after the Alabama A&M game was canceled, you were very fortunate. You had the postponement against Penn State, but the rest of the schedule was pretty clean here. Were you surprised by how many of your other peers and coaches had long postponements and had to start and stop their season, unlike you? I was. I was. I said to start the season, I said, I, I, I doubt we'll play our allotted 27 games that we had scheduled for. That's what the NCAA, the number they came up with, the maximum number of games. I just didn't think we'd get there. And, you know, to our guys' credit, um, you know, you can't mitigate every risk or you can't limit every risk. But, but I do think our guys did a great job following all the protocols. We've been fortunate, I'm sure. Um you know, in some ways, as we were going through this grueling Big Ten schedule, I looked at it and I was like, Ooh. you know, a pause might do us good here to catch our breath here a little bit. Um, but but I know our guys were hungry to play every game. And, um, you know, hopefully it's prepared us for what's coming next year with the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament. Chris Holtman joins us, head coach of Ohio State basketball. So, Coach, I go back to January when you won at Illinois. You won at Wisconsin when they were a top-10 team. You beat Michigan State. Uh, the big win at Iowa when they were 8, 89-85. Uh, Everybody was talking about you and this amazing winning streak you were on. And then you ran the gauntlet down the stretch of the regular season and lost a lot of these games against those opponents again. What changed there? Was it the opponent just playing a better game that night, or was it your legs, your inability to make big shots? What happened down the stretch? You know, it might have been a combination of all three. Um, you know, we, we have to do some things better uh, in terms of executing late. A lot of those games came down to a, a, a possession or two, um, and you just, you know, give them credit. I think, you know, sometimes you're playing a team for the second time after you beat them, Um uh, they made adjustments, but a lot of it came down to just uh, we have to own the fact that we had to do a few things better, but we also missed some shots, quite honestly, that we were making in that stretch where we won 10 of 11 uh, Big Ten games and, and a number of those on the road, as you mentioned. Chris Holtman is our guest, Ohio State, as we wrap it up. Coach, you have, I believe, you have six players who played over 26 minutes, so your rotation is set, and you have three scorers in double digits. So when you look at the strength of your team, tell us about the players you're counting on to step up the most here because you need a hot player. You need someone to find their rhythm quickly in both tournaments. You do. You really do. I think that's so critical, John. And, and I, you know, our, our leading scorer has been a kid, E.J. Liddell, who's a sophomore for us, who's really stepped into, you know, he, he's really come on. And he's a young man from, uh, from Illinois. He's Mr. Basketball, two-time Mr. Basketball. 
and uh, he's kind of a mismatch. He's an old school, mm-hmm. bigger forward, um, you know, tough matchup for people. Um, but EJ Liddell's performed really well for us. Dwayne Washington, a young man from Michigan, has performed really well. Uh, Kyle Young has been a good guy for us, a young man from Ohio. Justice Suing, a uh, young man from, from California uh, via Hawaii, is really, he's a transfer from Cal, has done some really good things for us. And C.J. Walker's been our starting point guard. So you mentioned it, in, in tournament play, you need your best players to perform well. And you also need some of your secondary guys um, to play with confidence and step up and make plays. Chris Holtman of Ohio State. Coach, finally, I've been asking all the other coaches that I've had the pleasure of talking to this week, what have you learned personally through COVID? This is pretty much a year and maybe longer when it came to the recruiting process and sensing that the pandemic was coming. What have you learned overall as a coach, a leader of men, that has changed you and is going to help you in your life going forward, let alone the student-athletes that you coach? Well, it's a great question, and I think it's given us all a renewed perspective on those things in life that are that are most important. I think the thing that I've really learned to value the most in the midst of this pandemic is surrounding myself with people who um, are really good people, our players, our coaches, uh, family, uh, because that's really who we've been around this past year, right, is people that have, I, I think, in, in a lot of ways, elevated me and elevated us. Um, you know, who you're around in the midst of this is, I think has, has hopefully elevated all of us. Um, and it's been a reminder, you know, that, that you win with, with, with really good people. And I've been fortunate. We've got a great group of players, great coaching staff. And, um, you know, the game's been fun. Without fans, it's been hard. But it's been a reminder that, you know, you play this game, you coach this game because you love playing. And eventually we'll get back to fans, hopefully sooner rather than later. But that's the other thing I think we've learned in all this. Well, Coach, thanks for the time as you're en route to the tournament and really appreciate your valued time here as you get your team ready. Really appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. Anytime. Thanks, John. Take care. You got it. You got it. Chris Holtman joining us, head coach of Ohio State. Uh, What a week we're having. Uh, Dana Altman, head coach of Oregon. Fran McCaffrey, head coach of Iowa. Uh, We're looking at all these coaches. Lon Kruger, head coach of Oklahoma. Uh, Brad Underwood, head coach of Illinois are joining me either on this show or my SiriusXM show as we're here for March Madness. And, you know, whenever I interview these coaches, I didn't watch every Ohio State game, so I'm trying to get a wrap-up on what they've learned in regards to leading and, and what it's been like. And it's incredible the answers I'm getting. I mean, these coaches all seem to have the same thing in common. They care so much about their players, and they're concerned about their players. I got a son in college who's a sophomore, And everybody is concerned about depression. Everybody's uh, concerned about isolation. What is it like? I mean, imagine going through the best four years of your life or your senior year in high school, like my other son is going through, and you just, you're living through the pandemic. So you're losing out. I mean, you could still have a good time, and you could still accomplish your goals with education and athletics and all that, but it's just not the same as every single college student and high school student that's come before you. And that's why these kids and student athletes and middle school kids, everybody needs to check in on them. Everybody's got to check in on them and ask them how they're doing every day because it was a different life than you lead, than you led. You, you led a different life in high school and in college if you went to college than the kids today. And I think it's really important we learned 
through the first year of this COVID pandemic how important sports was and the commitment that these athletes are making from the Raiders, right, to the UNLV running Rebels just to try to go out there and provide entertainment for us, just to try to go out there and compete. And that's what worries me as we talk a little bit about high school sports. As California shut down, talked to a really good buddy of mine yesterday who's been traveling from the Bay Area to Arizona every two weeks to play in lacrosse tournaments because of what's happening in California and how Arizona's open. And he's on a plane with the lacrosse team, and he's funding it, and he's paying for hotel rooms and food and all this just to try to keep the kids active, to try to keep the kids out there playing sports, being around each other, and keeping that part of their life going. And it's very important here. So Ohio State, very good team. When we take a look at it, uh, we have the final call from last night, Bobby, right, with Gonzaga. Gonzaga won here in Las Vegas, the WCC. They were down 12 points at the half and won by 10. They looked great in the second half. Here's how it ended at the Orleans. And the top-ranked Bulldogs. Avoid a scare. They trail by as many as 14 points. They rally in the second half to win it by 10. And they add a tournament championship to an undefeated regular season championship. 88-78 the final score. The Bulldogs hopping around. Enjoying a huge comeback as they outscore BYU by 22 points in the second half. Westwood won on the call. Big win for Gonzaga. So as we take a look at the brackets that are going to come out uh, this Sunday... Saturday night, Sunday, after the game's on Sunday, they try to condense it and get it done on Saturday. I really believe for the first time it's Gonzaga against the field. Gonzaga is the number one team. They're undefeated. They have an opportunity to do what Bobby Knight did with Indiana in 76. And I don't think they should be pushed until at least the Sweet 16. When you're the number one seed overall, you should have two cupcake games right out of the gate. Just absolute cupcake games you got to win six in a row to win the national championship. That's why it's so difficult to do it. And if they're able to do that and Gonzaga wins, they'll be a team for the ages because, again, they did it during COVID. And the teams that have played a full schedule and competed under these really difficult circumstances, I think they deserve extra credit. It's harder to win now during COVID with all of these precautions than it is for a team that won 5, 10, 15, 20, 40 years ago. It is. Those teams didn't have to deal with this in society. And the team that wins it this year is going to be very special, and I think it's going to be Gonzaga. My wife went to Illinois, so we're rooting hard for Illinois. Lon Kruger at Oklahoma, we root hard for them. And then when it comes to the Mountain West and UNLV, and with UNLV literally having no chance, I'm just in shock that in Vegas, where there are billion-dollar casinos with a B, one after another after another, and UNLV basketball is not even a blip on anybody's radar anymore. They're not a top 150 team. I mean, they are awful, absolutely awful at this point in time. And there are small towns like Spokane, Washington. Spokane, where Gonzaga is, is not the Las Vegas Strip. They don't have what we have in Vegas. And Mark Few's got a team in Spokane, Washington. That's better than a team on a campus that's vibrant in Las Vegas. Or Spokane, Washington's better than Stanford or Cal or USC, UCLA, or any team in New York City. There's no team in New York City, the number one city in the world when it comes to revenue and population. Just shows you it's about recruiting. 
and getting these kids to buy into a system. Hey, when we come back next, Dan Schock is going to join us from our lads. We'll get back to Raiders Radio and do a deep dive on what the Raiders could do in the draft. He's very specific, very detailed, very good. And I'll ask him about these needs for the Raiders. And we'd like to get back to your phone calls on what you think is the number one position need for the Raiders after the offensive line needs to be reworked. 702-365-9200. MeetupVegas.com. MeetupVegas.com. Code word JTBrick is where you get the best meat deal in all of Las Vegas. You do your evaluation. We've had Daniel for two years. We've done the evaluation on him, and we really believe he's the guy. You know, no reason to go look. I mean, everybody, you know, what we're doing is in fantasy football. We're not playing. We're not doing that. We've got a conviction on him. He's everything we want. He's got all the physical skills. And, again, I, I, I say this all the time. The kid just finished his second year of, of NFL football, all right? How many of us, after two years at our new job, were great? No. We all start at point A, and we hopefully get to point Z, but the one common denominator is it takes time. Everybody's got to understand that. We're, we believe in Daniel, and that's where it is. Wow, that's Dave Gettleman. That, he, he has his quarterbacks back, Daniel Jones, but there are some quarterbacks who are pretty good right out of the gate including Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and he's getting a little bit of heat in New York for those comments. JT, back with you. Dan Shanka, kind enough to join us. I go way back with Dan. He is a former scout. He's the GM scout for our lads, NFL scouting, one of the best in the business. And, Dan, I reached out to you because there's a lot going on here in the Raider Nation, and the Raider Nation needs your help because there's a lot of position groups that they need to upgrade on. How are you? I'm doing great, JT. I don't know. Hey, I work with John in Philadelphia. He didn't listen to me all the time. Uh, so I, I have, we'll have to see. But, you know, I know they're working really hard at it. Um, you know, Mike Mayock is uh, working hard. But you know what? Hey, you can work your britches off and stuff still goes awry. Uh, you know, a lot of free agents at the Raiders that signed didn't work out for one reason or another. And, uh so, you know what, but hey, like Dave Gettleman said, and I love Dave, I tell you, I, Dave, I, I was on the road with Dave a lot when he was a road scout and things like that, uh, and uh, he just like he is now, I mean, he's an East Coast guy, and he'll tell you exactly how it is, and, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, what he said is, hey, you're, you're, the first year or two, you're kind of learning, and, you know, Mike, uh, even though he did stuff with NFL Network, uh, he wasn't a general manager, and uh, he'd always talk to him and stuff. Hey, you're learning. It's a learning uh, situation, and, hey, I, I would think the next year or two going forward, uh, you know, Mike, you know, people will be happy with Mike. Dan Chanka joins us. So, Dan, walk us through where we are on the calendar now with the new cap year, the new league year, and when we see the fact that the cap's down a bit, it seems like many teams are shuffling to get under the cap, releasing good players or trying to redo their deals at a smaller price. Is this common to you, or does this look like this is a once-in-10-year deal because of COVID and the cap? Yeah, I, I tell you what, JT, I think this is uh, a bloody week out here, uh, or a bloody two weeks. We'll 
see. But um, no, they're they're dropping left and right, and uh, teams are cutting them loose. They're they know uh, right now it's like the salary cap's going to be, you know, maybe a little higher, maybe a little lower than 180 million. Uh, but I think one pe- one thing people have their eyes on, they might be telling these guys we're cutting. Hey, keep an eye on uh, things because uh, we look like there's a, there looks like there's going to be a big TV deal coming down the road. So uh, we might resign you at a little lower price, but uh, you know, uh, sign you for a year. But then in two, the next year, you may be getting more money. I don't know. So, but it looks like. Uh, but I tell you what, guards, wide receivers, they're they're dropping like flies everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that uh, uh, we're. I mean, it's just the first of many positions that we're seeing uh, go by the by the wayside this week and next week. Dan Chanka joins us, uh, former scout with the Eagles, Redskins, and Chiefs. He's the GM scout at our lads, NFL scouting service, the best in the business. So for the Raiders, they walk away from Trent Brown in a trade, so he's gone. No Richie Incognito, Gabe Jackson being relieved for uh, salary cap purposes. So now with the Raider team that had to go, I believe, all defense, Dan, and I mean all defense, to shore up that defense. Now if they look at the offensive line, Coming into the draft, do you see a lot of value early, or is there depth where the Raiders could get a guard or a tackle after the second round? JT, I really believe there's depth in the uh, certainly at, at tackle as well as guard. I, I this is really surprising this year that at centers. I'll tell you, I don't know. I I don't recall having as many centers out there that uh, we've had. Uh, usually, you know, there's. You know, two, three, maybe four centers, uh, and then a lot of teams move a guard into center and play them that way. And uh, but this year, there's some really legit centers out there too. So I think if you're looking for interior linemen, they're going to be there. And uh, of course, you know we we love the tackles uh, out there. Um, like you know, like with Sean Slater, he's our second tackle after Panay Sewell. But, um, you know, we like that group. Christian Derisoff from uh, Virginia Tech. There's another big tackle that's going to start right away when he walks in the door. And uh, so I think the, the Raiders, if they go that direction, uh, they could, could very well uh, pick get, get uh, you know, in the first couple rounds, they're going to mm-hmm. get some offensive linemen if they want to. Dan Chaka joins us. Dan, uh, tell me about the edge rushers and – you know, there are, there are edge rushers like Clowney and Yannick Ngakwe and other ones, and some that will be released quickly. But when you're trying to get an edge rusher in the draft, if you don't have a high pick, a first, a top five pick, what do you look for with explosive edge rushing ability? Or are you a guy that thinks there's more interior pass rush coming that could help out Las Vegas? Because that hasn't been a strength of the team for quite some time. Yeah, I, well, I think that uh, we're looking more on the edge guys. Uh, mm-hmm. The best interior, in fact, ironically enough, the, the we gave the Raiders the the best uh, interior pass rusher in our opinion in this draft, and that's Christian Barmore from Alabama. Um, he he is tremendous inside at rushing the passer. Now, that, actually, that's what Alabama had to kind of get him away from because mm-hmm. um, he was always getting that push and he'd get that on the shade of a guy, burst up the field, uh, things like that. It would kind of be out of control a little bit, but they moved him around 
um, all across that defensive front. He's a big, strong guy that's ascending. He, uh, the last few, the national championship game, the semifinal game, he was a war horse. Now, uh, now uh, the guys that are on the edge, like uh, uh, Greg Rousseau from mm-hmm. Miami, he opted out this year. But, you know, right. he's a pressure player. A guy that I really like who's ascending, and I think and he's probably going to go higher than we got him. But Aziz Aluri from uh, Ojalari from uh, Georgia. I mean, JT, this guy comes off the edge like, uh, you know, somebody dropped a Roman candle in his britches. You know what I mean? <laughs> he is, uh, he, he flies off that edge now. And uh, uh, he, now, the other thing that I like about him is. He's a, a pressure player in regards to he doesn't feel like he's always got to get that sack. He's happy if he knocks the ball out of the quarterback's hand. You know, he'll grab a, a you know a jersey coming by on that back, or he'll come underneath and grab an ankle and pull it because he's had like I want to say close to 30, 35 pressures in two years where he didn't get the sack, but you know he was uh, a chaos in the backfield. So I, I think that he's he's one of our favorites in this particular draft. Uh, Jalen Phillips, another one from Miami, he was out at UCLA for a while. He got a con- couple concussions out there, and he thought he was going to have to retire. But he came back after uh, setting out a year, and, uh, boy, he, he uh, brought all kinds of disruption there to Miami this year on the defensive end spot. So uh, I think there's some really good, you know, those edge guys that uh, will put pressure on on. Uh, quarterbacks this year. Dan Chanka joins us from our lads. Dan, you spent a lot of time. I speak to you a lot in the offseason when we saw the Raiders take Damon Arnett. I thought they reached too high for him in the first round they had, and they still have Trayvon Mullen, who's a good player and was a national champion and an MVP at Clemson. And then at safety, they brought in Jonathan Abram, who got beat a lot last year and was flying all over the place. He can hit in space and tackle but he didn't line up all the time so correctly. So the Raiders are really in the market for a free safety. They need a ball hawk. They need someone who can come in that they don't have to develop over two or three years and line them up with Gus Bradley. Do you see a free safety, maybe someone in the first or second round that the Raiders can target? Yeah, I do. I, I really like Trevon uh, more from TCU. Uh, he's that mm-hmm. guy you're looking for because he can run and he'll, he's a ball hawk. And he's a good run support player, which, you know, hey, we know that John Abrams is a good run support player. Uh, and a lot of times you're playing with three safeties back there anyway. So, you know, you can uh, add somebody like uh, Morwick to the group, and he, all he's going to do is uh, help you out. Now, um, there, there's guys this year that I, I think that uh, uh, at the senior ball, for instance, that really kind of got shoulder wares, but Richie Grant – we got him right on the edge of that first, second round area. He's from Central Florida, a good-sized guy. But uh, Richie might be there in the second round for the Raiders. Dan Chonka, as we wrap it up. You know, Dan, the Raiders have really struggled getting a linebacker that can just go sideline to sideline. You know, they look for a specialty guy, someone who could guard a tight end, someone who could cover. I'd just like them to, to draft a linebacker that could be a Mike or a Sam linebacker, could go sideline to sideline, but can just tackle in space. Levante David, someone that you go, we can draft this kid, he's going to be here for five years, he's going to play out his rookie contract, and he's going to tackle. What's the strength of the linebackers coming out this year in the first few rounds? 
Yeah, I, there, I, there's some, as you know, JT, hey, you're playing with a 4 2 5, and uh, so you got to have those two linebackers that can, like you said, line up, hey, get in the slot, line up on that tight end, be able to cover them down the seams, things like that. And I think that uh, Micah Parsons, of course, he's now he should be a top 10 guy. He opted out this year. But we don't know if all these quarterbacks, hey, well, five of them go in the top ten or what have you. But, hey, the Raiders are just saying, hey, take them. Take them. Take, you know, take all those quarterbacks and let all those other guys fall to us. So uh, he's going to be in a mix. Um, Xavier Collins probably isn't quite the covered guy. He's from Tulsa. Big guy, 6'4", about 255, that can run 4'6". He is that sideline-to-sideline guy. But he's still got to work in coverage a little bit. And – now, Baron Browning, he really showed us some things at the senior ball. He's from Ohio State, a linebacker that uh, is, again, a sideline to sideline, uh, you know, uh, tough as a boot leather guy that uh, will make plays and can cover. And he's got some size at, you know, 6'2 and a half, about 245. And uh, he can run with people up the sideline. He did a great job of covering backs out of the backfield uh, in senior bowl drills, things like that. And then Ohio State, they just asked him to do different things. And, and uh, when he was in position to do what they asked him to do, now, because a year ago they had him playing a different type of uh, linebacker position. This year they moved him where he could do a lot, show what he could do, and he just blossomed. So, you know, he's a guy that might end up going second. If he got in the third round, the Raiders better crawl all over him. Hey, Dan, last one. You worked with John Gruden in Philadelphia. You know Mike Mayock. You know the pressure on the Raiders, what they've missed on recently. Do you sense that they're going to stay tight with their picks, or will they get more aggressive than they have in the past by trading those picks up to get a star player in free agency or the draft that they have to get to turn this defense around? What's your gut feeling tell you? Well, I think this. John is, I mean, he's never happy unless he wins every game. So, which which means uh, they're going to be looking, they'll be moving people. Uh, I I, I see them, you know, moving up. Uh, I mean, they could, you know, I, I don't. No, uh, but John is that type of guy. I mean, he's he's not happy. Like I said, when I was in Philadelphia with him, he wasn't happy unless he had like you know Troy Aikman and uh, Steve <laughs> Young, and then he you know, and then he wanted Dan Marino on the bench. You know what I mean? So uh, I mean, he there's always going to be moving parts with John, and uh, as long as they make the right decision on those players. They're going to be building up that roster. So I think they're going to be looking at free agency, see that salary cap and what they have to do to get some, you know, the, the veteran. John likes veteran guys. Uh, yes. I mean, he just does. So, but, you know, get some of these young guys uh, in there to develop. Uh, hey, uh, that will be a big feather in his hat. Thank you, Dan. We'll talk to you right after the draft when the Raiders make some selections, if not before. I value our friendship, and I can't wait to get my our lads in the mail. Everybody should go to rlads.com and get their breakdown, correct? You got it. And uh, we got a mock draft fans can fill out, too. So uh, they can win 500 bucks on that one, JT. And then, uh, and then, But we've got our, our draft guy to be coming out in uh, early April. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dan Shanka, go to rlads.com, R-O-U-R-lads.com. It's the best. If you're a Raider fan and you're going into the draft, you have to have it. it it's worth it. Get it. Get on the subscription. Get the app. 
and be a part of their mock draft challenge. Thanks to Dan. You know, John likes veterans. There's a lot of veterans getting cut the last 40, 48 hours that John Gruden has got to be looking at with Mike Mayock. When we come back, our new partner, Bell Solar and Electrical Systems, will say hi to our new partners and then wrap up the show tonight. Ahead to Pacioretty. Works up to the line, into the zone, dropped it off for Stone. Collision. Petrangelo works through with the puck in front. Shot. Score! Max Pacioretty in overtime. His third overtime winner of the year. Vegas 5, San Jose 4. Well, the schedule only gets tougher. The Wild tonight at 4, then St. Louis. JT back with you as we wrap up the show. And I can't thank bell solar enough our new partner here on raider nation radio alexia cooper the ceo of bell solar and electrical systems brianne mccullough the managing partner of bell solar and electrical systems are kind enough to join us alexia i want to begin with you bell solar is a woman-owned company a company and you were named to the forbes 30 under 30 list how did it feel to receive that honor Yeah, to be honest, the day I received that honor was extremely overwhelming because that was the same day I passed my exam for my C2 electrical license. So after four times, I finally was able to become the youngest woman in the state of Nevada to have that license as well. So that day just felt like building up for the last four years, I was finally able to get some recognition and feel like I was accomplishing my goals and in the right direction. Tell me about the C2 electrical license. When something goes out in my house, I walk away. I call my wife. She flips something here and there. I stay away from electrical issues. How did you learn about this? What was your passion to get into this industry? <laughs> so my passion is really in construction. Uh, I really like the industry that I feel like was kind of left behind where a lot of misfits get thrown into. But it's such a beautiful industry, and we all get to come together and build a world for everyone to live in. So. Once I started to learn more about solar and get into renewable energy, that really became my focus because I'm actually helping us build a a sustainable future for generations to come, which is really inspiring to me and my team. Alexia Cooper is kind enough to join us. Before I get to Brianne, I'm going to ask you both the same question now. When we look at renewable energy and we look at solar, it's been around for a while but now Bell Solar, especially in the state of Nevada in Las Vegas, how you separate yourselves from the competition, other competitors, what you do differently. Hi, this is Brianne. Um, there are so many things that I think separate us. I think first and foremost is our, our why, and our why is really, really important. And we really believe in rewiring the world and homeowner first. So you know, when we kind of started this partnership, we said, let's look at some of the common complaints that we're hearing in this industry and let's build mm-hmm. our business off the backs of those complaints to create a better um, experience for homeowners, that they know that they come first and that their satisfaction is paramount to everything else that's happening during this project. Brianne McCullough joins us, managing partner of Bell Solar and Electrical Systems. And Brianne, I've been hearing a lot about that. Some uh, customers at other companies are complaints. 
They get hooked into a system. They believe they're going to save so much money. They see their first bill. Your company is very accountable. The way you develop your customers, your clients, and the way you deal with them on a first-person basis, is that what separates Bell Solar from everyone else? Absolutely. I, I think, too, we have everybody in our organization has skin in the game. So even our install crews, they have what's called a quality assurance bonus. So they're guaranteed 80% of their pay. But if they leave so much as a piece of trash on a homeowner's property, they lose that 20%. If they fail inspection the first time, they lose that 20%. So it is accountability is the perfect word for our organization. Everyone feels like they have a part to play. And we're only, um, you know, as strong as our weakest link. So yeah. everyone has to kind of put in um, their best foot forward at all times. I love that. I love the accountability. Brianne, tell us about your journey to becoming a partner and a director of development. That's a big job. Yes, it is. Um, you know, I have to say everything that has happened in our business has been an absolute vibe. It has to be a good vibe. We have to feel like we're working with partners who have the same values and morals in alignment with ours. And I had um, a big vision, and I really wasn't willing to bend on some of the principles and values I had um, for how I wanted to conduct myself in business. I wanted to sleep really well at night. I wanted mm-hmm. to know that I was doing a good thing, and I was be- have, being a good steward with what I was given. And when I met Alexia and Esteban and some of the other owners, um, we were all on the same page, and they were really sold out on the same vision that homeowner is absolutely paramount to everything else we have going on, and we want to bridge that gap. So um, I've had a background in sales for a very long time, um, and I'm fortunate enough that my partner, you know, Jeff Iverson, saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, and, and he really kind of cultivated and, and transformed this sales director into being a business owner. So I'm very, very grateful to him. We're only as good as our partners on Raider Nation Radio. They keep us going every day. Bell Solar and Electrical Systems are our new partner. Brianne McCulloch joins us. What a job she has, managing partner. And I want to talk about what you do. And I I ask a lot of my partners and friends and coaches and athletes about the community. Talk about your nonprofit, Give Power. So Give Power is an organization that we work with that is – a 501c3 of our exclusive lender, LoanPow. GivePower um, has put solar systems on t- over 2,500 schools across 17 countries. Um, they have given, you know, water desalination plants to underserved communities, providing, you know, 35,000 people clean drinking water, you know, every day. Um, they go to places like Nepal, Colombia, um, Haiti, and we're looking forward to doing our own trek. So we donate every Every single install that we do in the homeowner's name, we donate a piece of that commission, a piece of the profits to give power. And right now our goal is $100,000, and I think we're close to being halfway there. Um, and, it, it, again, it's our why. It's bigger than our what. And that is what's important to us to, for families to know that, yes, you're making a financial impact on your, on your home and your current situation, but your impact goes much further, your reach goes much further, and you are making a global impact, whether they know it or not, but that's what they get when they sign up with Bell. Well, I'll tell you, Brianne, usually our our partners here, we're trying to raise awareness and raise business for you, but I love the fact that you're currently hiring sales professionals 
I want to wrap it up with Bell Solar, a great company to work for, and you're hiring now. And I think that is so unique for me on the radio, knowing that this industry is thriving, and I'm working with a company now that is hiring individuals who want to get into this industry. Tell us about that and how we can drive people your way. Um, so we have open interviews every week, at every Wednesday at 2330 Highland Drive, Suite 201. And they're from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And right now we're hiring um, phone agents. We're hiring customer service agents. We're hiring door knockers. We're hiring sales executives. Our culture, we believe, is really unmatched. We have a very attractive culture. We have people who come from all over and they say, hey, we just want to be a part of what you guys are doing here. And it is pretty miraculous that in the middle of a pandemic that we've had you know, the best year of our life and that we're able to create opportunity for other people who are um, seemingly might be struggling. Um, so it's a beautiful thing to watch these opportunities be created for other people as well. And that's what we want to do. We want to support locals. We want to give opportunity to locals. So we are hiring. Please come out and see us. Um, and if they're interested in applying for a sales position, they can call 702-979-1277. Awesome. 702-979-1277. Our new partners here at Bell Solar and Electrical Systems, uh, Brianne McCullough and Alexia Cooper. Thanks so much for doing this. I'm happy we're able to put this together and get you on the radio with us today. Have a great weekend, and we can't wait to deliver for you in Bell Solar. Thank you. Thanks, JT. You got it. There you go. We're thrilled about this. Bell Solar and Electrical Systems, and they're hiring. So normally I don't get a chance to say that. A lot of our partners are obviously hiring. If you want to get a job, you can figure out who we're dealing with. But they just came on, and they said they have a lot of job opportunities, and a lot of people need a job. And if you need a job, call Bell Solar, 702-979-1277. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. We'll talk about what's ahead for us tomorrow what the Raiders need to do. Good calls today from Raider Nation on some of the priorities and tweets at JT the Brick as we continue. Bell Solar and Electrical Systems, proud partner of Raider Nation Radio and the JT the Brick Show right here on the Raiders mobile app and lvsportsnetwork.com. So the Raiders are inside the Broncos 30. Here's Jacobs on a cutback. Hole 20 on his feet. 10, 5, end zone. Jackpot, baby. You see how sweet that sounds when you say that, Brent? Brent Musburger and Lincoln Kennedy on the call. Ian Rappaport in the last hour. The New York Giants are releasing veteran guard Kevin Zeitler, clearing 10 million in cap space. Remember, that's more than what we're seeing with some of the Raiders here. You look at the numbers overall, Gabe Jackson. The Dolphins have officially released linebacker Kyle Van Oy after attempting to trade him for a few days. Ian Rappaport, the Vikings have released offensive tackle Riley Reef. Players are dropping quickly here as teams are trying to get under the cap. That's all that's happening today is good players are getting released all over the league. And the cuts hit deep in the Titans secondary. Safety Kenny Vaccaro and cornerback Malcolm Butler were both released today. And the Saints, I think, are going to be more active than anybody as the Saints have to get under the cap too. 
And then Jerry Jones had his big press conference today with Dak Prescott. So as we wrap up the show, thanks to all of our partners and guests today. Big thing going forward for the Raiders is they're putting their big board up, not only with the draft, but free agency. The amount, I can't believe how many Raider fans are assuming that Richie Incognito is going to be back, which is great. If you know something, if Richie's going to sign for less and come in because he relocated to Vegas, he wants to be here, he's got an understanding that he's coming back for less, I'd be thrilled by that. Thrilled by that because Richie's injury last year stole the season, and he's 100% ready to go. Kyle Long, a lot of Raider fans want Howie Long's son, Kyle, to come on in. That would be nice if that deal was done quickly, knowing that you had a three-time Pro Bowler on the offensive line who's about as nasty as a human being during a football game that I've ever seen live. And then the defensive side of the ball will be our focus all next week. Thanks to Bobby, who is running out of the studio to the other studio as he is the guy behind Golden Knights Hockey. He runs the board and that entire broadcast, so he's got a busy day. And we'll be back here tomorrow. A lot of news coming with the Raiders. I am deeply embedded talking to everybody I know over there trying to get you the information. You come to Raider Nation Radio 4. And with Vinny Bonsignor coming up also at 4 o'clock, he's an insider and he knows the team as good as anyone. Have a great day, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.